begin on the campus of the Arkshine. The four of you are all students, and it is the first day of your last year at the Arkshine. My character is Milo Yishithris, a Kender druid of wildfire magic. I am Thadward Castellan, a.k.a. The Wall, a tortle gunslinger. I played first name Dick's last name Cider. I'm a blood hunter, 250-pound dragonborn. I'm going to play Manfred McQuaid, an artificer, big, strong elephant man. I am Dean Teblin Doval of the House Chromathar. For those of you that know me, welcome back to your fourth and final year. To those of you who do not know me and have not had my class, I hope that we get to know each other much more over this year. As many of you may know, ever since the Assumption, when the gods were taken back by the Great Mother after the Battle of Trugala, magic has been, you know, a bit iffy. And that's why a lot of you have come here, so that you can learn how to control that magic, learn how to be productive members of society in a world where magic is no longer reliable. Every class that you've had, you have always been given what we call a surge. It is a little pack that we have put together with Artificer's help, and that will give you the magical energy that you need in order to cast your spells without problem. Up until now, you've always had those on hand, but this is the year when you're going to learn how to make them for yourselves. Surges are going to be the core factor of this year because at the end of the year, your final exam is going to be very tricky. As some of you may know, students have died during the final exam. If you all go over to the wall to your left, you will notice that there is a posting of your study groups. These are the groups that you will be working with throughout the rest of the year. You will no longer be in your house dormitories. You will be rooming together with your study group my character would still collect my things and sit to myself still so you just feel like a little tug on your shirt hey excuse me sir yes did uh i'm not sure i heard them quite right but did they say that people died during this indeed yes they they say that uh last year more students actually died than typical what? Uh, one of the other students happens to be walking by as you two are talking and says, Well, yeah, you only die if you're stupid. Yes. Good luck on your final. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Maybe, maybe we'll be paired together. My name's Leong. Lung? No, Leong. Leon. No. Lung. Le- Leong. Well, hi, Lee. I'm Milo. Milo Yishithris. Milo Yishithris. 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 Milo Yishithris. Cool. I guess I'm going to just casually stroll through the crowd and, you know, hip check people out of the way until I get up to the board. And uh, I'm going to look around until I see my name and I'm just going to yank that paper off the board and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to see Manfred. I'm like, oh, all right. And presumably I, I just see him sitting there looking all awkward and be like hey nerd who's <laughs> like me? we're in a group together i'm gonna walk over as milo and ben's character manfred and lee are all chatting uh up walks a large wall of a creature with a shell quickly scurry my things together i say good luck to you both this year uh good luck in the finals and uh i gotta go oh gee thanks i never quite caught your name though 
That's okay. And I scurry <laughs> away from the group. Well, wait, wait, wait. Hey, um, what... So, what's what's your group? Who else is in your group? I haven't seen my listing yet. All right, looks like some dude named uh, Milo. Um... And I guess I'm in a group with you two. So now, what's your name, sir? Oh my! Well, God. wait, hold on, hold on. Do you? Am I on that paper? Uh, well, what's your name? His name is Lee. Well, it's actually Liang. You were not. Oh. Well, who 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 who's in your group? Uh, some dude named Dixon. Uh, what's that say? Cider? <laughs> oh. Oh, is that is that the goth guy from uh, House Mirvita? Wait. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting over there by the statue. This guy scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm going to just yell across the, the atrium and be like, Hey, Dixon Cider! <laughs> is that you? Yeah, well, as soon as he yells, I flip him the bird and just go back to fiddling with my thumbs, whatever the fuck I was doing. Bruh. I flip him the bird again. I'm going to glance down quickly, <laughs> glance back up and go, Bruh. <laughs> Looks like uh, you're on this here paper with the rest of us. So you want to uh, want to go get this over with? No. Dean Doval hooks your arm and leads you back to the rest of your group and says, Dixon, what have we talked about with being courteous to your fellow students? What have we been talking about in our lessons? <laughs> um, you said not to stab them, which I didn't do. All right. Well, you four, hurry along. You need to go over to the Magizoo and meet with Dean Price. All right. He's going to impart a very important lesson for the rest of this semester. So hop to it. Let's get going. All right. Listen, guys, this is the group we were given, not the one we chose. So obviously. We might as well find a way that we're going to be able to work together so that we have the uh, best bets of not dying and passing our final. Dean Price walks up to you and says, What we are going to do today is we are going to get you the first and most important element that you need to make your surge. He says, In each of these houses, there is a dragon wormling. You need to capture the wormling and grab a scale so that you can add it to your surge, which you will learn how to make in the coming days. I'll go straight for the wormling. So you run up there, you dive under the little archway into the dark opening of the shed, and you see a nest, but the nest is empty. And what I want to do is, as I get close enough, I want to try to use the spell Lightning Lure. So it would take the 1d8 lightning damage, and it also pulls it kind of out of the initial group that it was in. Uh, so now the Wormling is kind of in the no-man's land between myself. Well, it's within five feet of me now, uh, but then between the other two groups. So I'll go ahead and roll the D8 for damage. Dixon, you are in the shed with Thad, and uh, clearly the Wormling is not in there that you're looking for, but you glance outside 20 feet away, and your study group member, Manny, is getting assaulted by two Wormlings. I'll just walk outside and yell, at the wormlings. I'm assuming that they'll understand me even though they're young and stupid. Um, in Draconic, hey, stop. We just need one scale and we'll all leave. Well, I need one scale, we'll all leave. I'm going to whip out my Whoa. sports bat, among other things, and I'm going to position myself between the other groups and present... No. <laughs> <laughs> present a front against them. 
Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to run right up to there and I'll be like, hey guys, uh, we don't want to try to fight you. We just need you to give us one of your scales and then we'll leave you alone, okay? The brass and copper wormlings look at each other. They're kind of slithering around and the brass wormling plucks one of the scales off the copper wormling and then uh, drops it into your hand, Milo. Dean Price walks up to you and says, Well done! Well done! I never... I've never seen anybody persuade the wormlings to hand over a scale. This is a first, and you, you've done very well for yourselves. You know what? You can take a, a rest for the rest of the day. Why don't you head on up uh, here? Here's a couple healing potions in case you need them, and uh, head on up to your dormitory. You are room 6B in that dormitory block. So you guys are all getting settled, and uh, the other groups start to straggle in, and they start going to their places and uh, finding their dorms or their dorm rooms. And then somebody walks in, and you notice that it's a um, human female who seems to have coed like, dorms, nice, <laughs> like Asian heritage to her, and she says, "Oh, are you are you in six B?" Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, I gosh, I hope nothing happens to you guys this year. What the fuck, ma'am? <laughs> Why would you say that? Um, oh, by the way, my name's Nora. I'm 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 over in 4B, but yeah, 6B was the room where three of the four in the study group died during the final exam. What happened to the fourth one who lived? He kind of went crazy. It's a real, uh, gonna be a real crapshoot to see which one of us is the one that survives and goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you say to Nora? Yes. If you guys need any help, I'll, I'll be happy to help you guys study. Maybe, maybe we can keep it from happening this time. Oh, maybe you could, uh, come, you know, protect us in our room. Yeah, okay, I'll talk <laughs> to you guys later. And uh, she walks away. My heart, it. it breaks. Oh, see, I just laying in bed, raking a hand axe over the scales. Like a normal person Give yourself a nice back scratch right up and down the spine with, with the blade side of an axe. Yeah, see that? The guy above him saying, help me. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, well, as you're laying there scratching your scales, you are looking up at the bunk above you, and you notice scratched into the wood, there are some words written there. We are the surge. There's a knock at your door. At the door is Nora. Come on, you gotta get ready. We've gotta meet Dean Doval, and she's going to give out class assignments for the day. You guys leave the dormitory area. You join with a couple of the other people that are still leaving their rooms, and you make your way down into the classrooms. I am going to be handing out your class assignments for today, and you will be beginning to take some of the classes that will aid you as you do your preparations for the final exam. You see Manny raise his hand. His trunk. Yeah, I just stick my trunk straight up into the air. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Dean Do Doval. Um, is there a limit to the number of courses that we can take, or are we allowed to take them all? For you, Manfred, and for all of the other artificers, there is one artificer per group. You will all be attending this morning's lecture on surge preparation and evolution. You won't have any curriculum, precisely, you just have to be prepared when those exams come. 
As soon as you're done with your nerd shit, you got to get to the field. Yes. Tryouts are this morning for the Pyrocross team. Now, everybody else, I think those are the major groups taken care of. Everybody else, here are your assignments. And she starts reading off names. And then you hear her say, uh, Dixon, uh, Mr. Cider, Dixon. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Here's your list. Milo, you're standing there, not right next to, but near Dixon, and uh, you notice that both of you have a class called Adventuring Economics as your first lecture. All right, everyone. So, you are here for Adventuring Economics. So the first thing that we are going to do is we are going to learn how to cook on a bonfire. And he snaps his fingers and casts the spell Bonfire in front of your groups, and Milo and Dixon, you happen to have a bonfire together. I didn't know you were taking this class, Dixon. And look at us, we're partners now. Yeah, it was the only class that fit in this schedule for extracurriculars. I'm just here because Toby likes fire. He likes to play in the bonfire. So the two of you managed to cook a passable meal. It is cooked, not particularly well. It is seasoned, not particularly well, but it is all edible. That wasn't so bad, Dixon. You think we should come back, try to cook our meal a little bit better next time? Don't ever tell anyone I'm here ever. But are you coming back? No. Oh. But Milo can visibly tell that I'm lying. Alright, let's go ahead and jump over to uh, the other lecture that's going on with Manfred. Okay, the professor is currently writing on uh, the blackboard, and you see that it is Professor Fackham Kane. Fackham, my beard. <laughs> Fackham Kane. Oh, gosh, yes. There's nobody sitting around you, but as you're unpacking your bag and getting ready for the lecture, a blonde elven male sits down next to you, sticks out his hand and says, My name's Titus. My, my, my name's Manfred. Uh, my, my people call me Manny. My people call me Titus, so it's, it's uh, nice to meet you, though, Manny. Top marks, top marks in each of the previous years. Second only to me, of course. Oh, you told me... Yeah, this, this is your rival. This dude is the uh, valedictorian of the class right now, and I'm, I'm second to this, this guy. Paul, weren't you, like, second in your class at one point in your life, like high school, maybe? I saw that you and your group managed to get one of those wormling scales yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was actually really, really easy. But see, you may have gotten the wormling scale, but my group, my group worked tooth and nail to get a cockatrice feather, and we succeeded. We didn't have to resort to any trickery. We got it through strength and skill. Yeah. But the difference is, you said you guys had to work hard. We didn't. So, if you excuse me, and I stand up and I walk over to another seat. Titus follows you. No, 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 Manny. I, I'm not saying that you weren't successful. Of course not. In quite the contrary, I wanted to reach out and propose an alliance between our two teams. No. Um. No? No. Because... Although although there's some merit to your thoughts on pulling together some resources and everything, too, I know that you're just trying to piggyback off of my accomplishments to make yourself look better. And I know that you need me more than I need you. All right, all right, class. 
Everybody face front. This is going to be very important. As was reminded to you, a surge is sort of like a repository of magical energy. In order to make a surge, you need to have an element of a magical being. That is why yesterday you went after the scales of a wormling and the feathers of a cockatrice. Now, I will mention that the stronger the magical creature, the stronger, in theory, the surge will be. Surges are most important because this year you will not be given surges from the school, except when you are in the classroom. At the end of the class, you have a crude but supposedly functional surge. Another look of victory on my face, and I kind of just like slowly turn my head just a little bit so that the corner of my eye can see Titus weeping in the corner. (laughs) On my way back to my seat, I'm going to like grab my stuff, and I'm going to look at one of the girls I was sitting next to, and I'm going to tell them in a very awkward way that I have to go because I have to get to the tryouts. If there's any notes I miss in the back half of class, could I maybe get them from you later? Question mark? Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, what, what room are you staying in? What, what's your room? Double D, I mean, six D. (laughs) All right, so you boogie on out of class. Six B isn't boogie? (laughs) Yes, and uh, make your way down to the fields where Thad has assumedly been hanging out this entire time. Wall. Whoa! <laughs> am I am I too late? Did I make it in time? We're just about to get started. Acrea Rolta, the Pyrocross coach, comes walking out. Thad, Manny, get your ass up and come help all the newbies find their place in line. After the shit you pulled in our last game last season, I may be sitting you to start this year. We're good, coach. We're on it. Good. Then let's see what you got when we start tryouts. Everybody gets on the line, and Coach Rolta, she puts her arms behind her back and says, All right, you ingrates. For those of you that don't know, Pyrocross has some very specific rules that I'm going to go through. So you better pay attention and be ready for when we do some drills. Otherwise, you're going to be out of here faster than a three-pitch bout. The key thing for you guys to remember is that you can't use any maneuver twice in a row. So that includes magical attacks, that includes physical attacks. Thad and Manny, why don't you go ahead and get on the line and then we'll, uh, we'll take you and you. And she points at the skinny, blonde, male, human, and then the female drow. Let's go. Let's get down. Let's get dirty. And she tweets her whistle. Keep your noses clean and I'll post the roster in a couple days. Dude, you can't even eat ass then. That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thad, Manny, you guys had a pretty good day out. Why don't you go ahead and pick up the pennies for me and take those up to... Oh, shit, Hennessy's office. (laughs) Pick up the pennies and take those up to Kyrasta. Have them washed, and you can wind up turning in your Pyrocross gear from last year, too. You head on back to the Arkshine Tower. You climb up to the fifth floor... You walk through the double wooden doors. You are walking into the commissary, and you see tons of shelves. And in front of that warehouse that just seems to go on forever, even though the Arkshine Tower isn't that big, 
at the desk is seated a dwarf who has a streak of purple hair, a bandana that's been folded over and tied around their forehead, and is doodling who you know is Kyrasta. And you also see at the desk is Milo and Dixon. Kyrasta sits up on his stool. Did Coach Rolta not wash these since last season? Uh, Thad has been wearing this one since last season. He has not taken it off. It's good luck. Well, Thad, then you you better turn that over to me and I'll I'll get a wash for you. I'll get you a new one. You're saying I should give you the little clothes off my back that I'm currently wearing. Well, yeah, aside from your shell. So you're you're saying that because I'm a tortoise, I don't need clothes? You be you, man. The fact a professor's telling you to take your clothes off? Oh, I'm not. Come on, guys, you know me. I'm not any professor. Oh, hey, uh, Milo and uh, uh, Dixon, those are your names, right? Yes. Apparently we're having a little bit of a hard time finding herbs and hors d'oeuvres, that's right. I'm losing brain cells at this conversation. Carasta, thank you, and I walk away. Remember, guys, we're we're a unit. (laughs) Suck my unit, and I keep walking. And as you're walking away, all of a sudden you hear a grinding of gears. Everything on the shelves nearby just falls straight off the shelves. I stop walking. And then from the deep recesses of the warehouse come shooting two copies of Herbs and Hors d'Oeuvres. Yep, Uh, I definitely need this book. I'm going to go over and I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to put it in my pocket. Uh, when you go and pick it up, you also notice that a couple other things have fallen off the shelves, like beyond the desk, and have I pick those up too. Okay. Put them in my pocket. But what are they? <laughs> I I don't understand. I I hey you you guys, I'll, I'll like I'll buy you something from the commissary if 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 you go down into the basement and check to see what what's going on with the magic down there. I'm likely the guy who could fix it, potentially. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go check it out for you. Of course, um, you guys want to come with me? All right, teamy. Absolutely. No, but I'm curious. Okay, so you proceed confidently down the stairs and you reach the landing. None of you have ever had any reason to come down to the basement before. But once you get down there, you see that the red light that you had seen flickering at the bottom is actually the mouth of a giant furnace. Can we go, like, check the breaker box? It's kind of what we're doing, right? Like, just seeing if, like, we can fix whatever's wrong. In the center of the room is one giant lit furnace. There are three unlit furnaces to your left and to your right. And then there is this giant canister that you can see behind the main, the lit furnace in the center of the room. Uh, You immediately recognize that this is a super- Super high-tech surge. You're not really sure how to fix it. You know, this is a giant surge, like the ones that... Uh, Very good. ...we use for, for our magic, and obviously there's something wrong, and this is controlling the magical items upstairs. I'm just going to put my hands on my hips and be like, Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, you know, I, I can take a look at it a little bit longer, but it's going to take me some time, so I'm not sure if, like, while... Well, I'm expecting this for for a few minutes if, uh, you know, you guys feel free to keep me posted on if you're seeing or finding anything else that, you know, might be of use. Need me to open this door here on this? You know what? Yeah. 
open the door. Okay. I will open this door. Once you open the door, you see that there is space to step inside uh, for a small person. And you can see from where you're just looking and glancing in that there are a bunch of glass canisters set into little nooks all around a um, circular sheath inside of this canister. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to take out two canisters, and I'm going to bring them out, and I'm going to show one to Manny and be like, hey, do you know what these are then? I found these a bunch of these inside. With Manny looking at them, you are seeing in one canister there is a feather, and in the other canister is a scale, and Manny recognizes that the feather is from a griffin and the scale is from a dragon. Um, when you start shaking the canister with the griffin feather, it crumbles into dust. Till we learn our lesson about shaking <laughs> vials. To not to. Dixon, you see the gleam of a green eye behind the furnace. I want to dash at it. You are suddenly upon it, and you see that it is a humanoid-shaped creature. It cowers before you and hisses like a cat that has just been startled. What do you want? The Nothic goes, <sighs> and it turns its eye on you, and it is going to try and rot you with its gaze. Rot me with his gaze. But it is going to leap 12 feet in the air and claw onto the furnace in front of it, and it's going to start scaling up into the ceiling. I'm going to pull out a charge from my pocket, a surge, and I'm going to use a level one spell to use Entangle. Oh yeah, that's right. You stole a surge. <laughs> it became very difficult terrain. Then I would like to shoot him, and I'm going to action surge, and then I'm going to use my second action, and you'll never guess what I'm about to do. I'm about to shoot him. I am not the one you're looking for. Who are we looking for then? Do you know what's going on? Follow the pipes. <laughs> I'd still like to, to, Murder to attack this dude because he tried to melt my brain. The Nothic is going to leap out of the area where the vines are, and it's going to grab onto another pipe from one of the other furnaces, and it's going to scrabble away into the dark. And right at that moment, you hear footsteps coming down the stairs that lead up to the Arcthanium. Suddenly <laughs> revealed to you is Professor Kane, the artificing professor. Manny, what are you and your fellow classmates doing down here? Um, trying to <laughs> fix the, the surge. I'm the one who knows how to fix it. Myself and uh, the other professors of... House Chromathar, uh, what what seems to be the problem? What is the corrupting factor, we shall say? Oh, it's this. And I'll pull out the other one, uh, the other phoenix feather in the vial, and I'll shake it up, and then it just <laughs> disintegrates. <laughs> oh, my. Well, it seems that a few of the magical components have been all used up. We simply have to replace them. You know, of course, while I'm making this assessment and uh, trying to figure out what's what's what, uh, perhaps you could go talk to Dean Doval. Uh, she can help you decide where to go get some new, some new components. All right, guys, let's, uh, 
let's go collect our things from the warehouse upstairs. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, you see Titus leaving the dean's office. All four of you are here in the dean's office? I'm sure that that can't be good. I'm sure that you're all in detention now because your white alchemist there cheated. First of all, it's fucking ivory. Don't ever call me white again. You you keep trying to use the dean to get some sort of advantage in class while uh, we actually work on real real world applications for the shit that we're learning in class. So real aside. world, real world applications. What? No, you're just here for detention. And the door to the dean's office opens, and she steps out and goes, "What is the meaning of all this?" Hey, hey, Dean Doval. Um, nothing. We were just coming to uh to see you and talk to you about uh something that's going on. All right, come on in. If Professor Kane sent you, then come on in. What is it that Professor Kane wanted you to talk to me about? The surge in the basement that that runs all the magic within this building uh, was depleted of some of the materials and had essentially gone out, and there was a big magical flare-up that made all of the books and everything in the commissary go haywire. We went to the basement. We were working on, you know, trying to see what was wrong with the surge, and... Uh, Professor Kane came down, but he said that we could go to you uh, to see how we can work about replenishing some of those materials, and he said he'd give us extra credit for working on it, so... This is not, uh, this is not usual, but I suppose if Professor Kane suggested it, then we could make that work. And also, there was a dude living down there huffing mas- magical fumes, <laughs> but apparently it's South Park Elementary, and that's a normal thing. I, I think he is referred to as a Nothic, a.k.a. a failed sad wizard. Oh, okay. A Nothic is completely different from some dude. <laughs> yes, so let me go ahead and uh, ask all of you this, because what I'm about to suggest does have an inherent sense of risk. So nope, I'm out. are you all on board with helping to replenish the magical stocks? No. Yes, we will do it, Milo. Listen, if we're going to... Team meeting. Um, Absolutely not. Team meeting. Shh. Why do I need to do this? Because if we all do it, you're a part of this team. All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> well, okay. There's also a pretty good chance you might die. Well, I'm out. No. Oh, my God. Dixon, really? <laughs> I'm being honest with him. Why are you being honest? Line. Since you guys have, have not been uh, very quiet about all this, let me put it into perspective. The final exam is dangerous. Well, I'm out. However, since Professor Kane sees the opportunity for you to go learn some additional skills out in the field by replenishing the magical stock... Extra credit. You could prepare yourselves so that when the final exam does come, it is not as dangerous for you. You will already be prepared. And I won't send you to go track down a dragon. I'll send you after something small. Thank you. I'll tell you what, Dixon, I'll go with you if you can bake me another one of those cakes. I look at, I give him a look of, shut the hell up or I will kill you in your sleep. But also a head nod? (laughs) A very subtle, quick one. I'm in. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. Well then, we're going to need to get as much bang for our buck as we can, I suppose. There is a griffin nest, just to the east of the Arkshine, but if you were to collect some feathers from a live griffin, then we could use those to help restock the surge 
magical component stockpile. Wait, so do you want us to bring you back a griffin? griffin? Or do you want us to hold down a griffin while we rip its feathers out and come back with those? Come back with feathers. And she draws a quick sketch of where the last griffin nest was located. And she says, as you know, your class schedule is very flexible. And I don't believe that there is a Pyrocross game for another few weeks at least. So take this at your leisure and good luck. As you guys are standing in the hallway talking, Dean Doval sticks her head back out the door and says, Oh, and you may want to stop by the whack to supply up before you leave. So we go to the whack. Kyrasta says, I guess you guys managed to fix the magic, huh? Yes. <laughs> Definitely we we were the ones that did that. Cool, cool. Alright, well, a deal's a deal. I uh I guess I gotta gotta give you something, huh? There you go. Anything out of my box. I'm just gonna reach my hand in and see what I pull out. I guess what's all in this box? Oh, I guess I could just, um, you know, scan them in our inventory system. <laughs> so the leather bag with the green sash is a bag of tricks. I like it. The leather boots are boots of striding and springing. The bracelet is a circlet of blasting. The bottle of thick black liquid is um, oil of slipperiness. The wooden yeah. ring padded with fur is a ring of warmth. <laughs> the patched and used robe is a robe of useful items. And the brass vial with a lead stopper is a ever-smoking bottle. Paul, this is a box from a BDSM dungeon. <laughs> I will so, take the vial of smoke. Okay. I'm going to take the ring... <laughs> Of warmth? Of warmth. I see the boots. I get visibly, like, happier. So you guys head out on your adventure um, towards this griffin nest, and you wind up camping overnight. Do you guys want to set a watch or anything that evening? I can take first watch, and I would like to use one of my magical infusions to use my replicate magic item infusion so that I could have goggles of night so that I could see at night. I would like to, like, somewhere along our perimeter, touch a tiny non-magical item and make it so that if somebody walks by it, just give off the effect. The chorus of one of the, uh... First foot lullaby. First foot lullaby. Instead of second answer, dude. I'm gonna have a six-second recording of, of their hardest breakdown. Uh, you hear the cracking of twigs off to the right. Well, I guess naturally I would, I would uh, ask Toby to stop bothering Ben's character over there and go over and investigate that. Toby runs past Manny and steps on the on the stone, and suddenly you just hear, "Tonight will be the night that yeah. I will fall for you." The perimeter, it's been breached. Well, there was a noise over there, and Toby went to go look at it, and then all of a sudden, uh, it started singing. As long as there's nothing to be worried about. But I did hear something. Toby doesn't see anything now. Dixon, time to wake up, buddy. I don't wake up. In that case, I got a bag of tricks, correct? Okay, so you reach into your bag of tricks, you pull out a fuzzy ball, and you toss it... Or, I don't know what you do with it. I'm gonna put it in his pants. 
Yeah, his pants rip as the ball turns into a panther. Why is there a panther in my pants? Because it's a panther. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, it's your turn for watch. Uh, you and the panther sit amicably through the night, and uh, the panther just stares out into the darkness. But uh, you and the panther do not encounter anything the rest of the evening. Can I cast Thunderclap at the wall? <laughs> and I'm just going to go, yes. <laughs> You're up for the watch. <laughs> As I flip back over. <laughs> and then I stand up and I guess I get to watch. Your watch passes uneventfully, and uh, as dawn approaches and the sun rises just above the horizon, the panther fades into nothing. You come to a rocky uh, crag, and you can see that there are switchback levels leading up to a giant nest atop approximately a 80-foot-high crag, and uh, you see a griffin take off in the early morning sun. Let's run it like a pyrocross play. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> we have one person whose job it is to just grab as many feathers as possible. We all just bum rush and everyone else runs interference. Do I know like what they would eat or drink or like anything like that? They're, they're uh, carnivores. But you, because your role was so good, you also know that they specifically like horse flesh. Oh. What about what about what about drinking wise? Like they're alcoholics. They love a good ale. <laughs> they, they love a good daiquiri. Um, <laughs> with horse flesh specifically. Yeah, a little horse flesh garnish. No, I mean water. Is there a good time of day when the griffin is not going to be there griffining? <laughs> Yeah, sure. You happened to read in Herbs and Hors d'oeuvres. These herbs are grown in this area, and uh, it's it's well known that it's Griffin area, so make sure that you do not get too close to the nest while they are there. There will usually be one Griffin protecting the nest at all times unless it is drawn away by an intruder on its territory. Okay, so someone get a Griffin suit. Like a sexy griffin suit? Yeah, and we're going to lure it away. I wish we were going after bears. Because <laughs> I, I, I'd have a plan for bears. I, if I'm being honest, I, I don't really have a great plan for bears. your friend up as a bears? <laughs> no, you no, get no. a pot of honey? <laughs> no, no, no. I do have a pot of honey, actually. Believe it or not, my character can't have up to four gallons of, two gallons of honey on him at any time. I have a flying rope that we could <laughs> hold on to. To take us up there? No, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to cast Dust Devil 60 feet above me at approximately where their nest is. Okay. And it, yeah, it can form 10 foot cube of debris. So I was just even hoping just the presence of that up there would just blow some feathers off. Dixon just fades into the darkness of the trees like the darkness of his soul. And Dad shells up. Manny starts to run out from the trees to get cover and then he's like oh wait I'm undercover and he starts stomping back but it appears that the griffins did not notice because they are focused on this uh, dust devil threat so what form is Toby taking when you summon him a griffin maybe <laughs> sexy griffin 
Are you running out here with me? Are we doing a, a blitz? <laughs> like what Thad originally suggested? <laughs> <laughs> the very first blitz. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why do we always do this? I think I, I think I, I think I got a, I, I think I got an elixir right for this moment, and I pull it out of my pocket. I don't know any idea what it is, honestly. I chug this. Look at Milo. Wrap trunk around body. Lift him straight up into the air. <laughs> three feet above my head. Okay, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and I and I just I start running towards. Uh, I mean, just straight up the hill. And at the end of my movement, I like to make sure I'm tucked away a little bit. I'll move the dust devil for my bonus action on my turn, and then I'll have Toby teleport me and Manny 15 feet closer. As you do that, you pop up, and you have now traveled between the first teleport. That brought you to 50 feet away. Then Manny went 30 feet, so you're 20 feet away. Then you teleported another 15, which puts you within 5 feet of the nest, which is right where the dust devil already was, and the griffin was fighting that. And even though you moved the dust devil, the griffin hasn't moved yet. So, uh, you wind up popping up right where the griffin was attacking the dust devil. When we, when, when we teleport and all of a sudden I'm holding, holding you and all of a sudden we just go from standing there to face to face, like, you know, beak to trunk of this, uh, <laughs> with this griffin, I would just like to offer like seriously like offer you up and just call you a stupid bitch as we as we do it be like you stupid bitch i just go ah! and fart yeah <laughs> right into your mouth to fear toot <laughs> i would like to set milo down i would like to pull out two gallons of honey <laughs> <laughs> i'm not touching its egg there's an egg in the nest oh i i i'm giving giving the griffin honey damn it <laughs> I wish it was a bear, but it's not. <laughs> it's a griffin. <laughs> and I had one plan in mind. <laughs> Shut down Milo. <laughs> Pull out jar of honey. There's a gallon in it. Like to like set it down and give give the griffin a nod. <laughs> like it knows that this is this is not a harmful jar of honey. It's just a jar of honey. Like the yolk of your dead child is on my body. <laughs> and then let me ask you this. I, I with my trunk, I do have a five foot reach. Am I able to reach in and scoop up some feathers? Yes. I'll give a reverend bow to the griffin. Yes, and I would like to like almost just grab the feathers, be like, "Listen, we're not we're not here for for your eggs. We brought honey, and I just I just want some feathers." I... Yeah. Well, the griffin's going to attack you. Oh, yeah. Go figure. All right. Let's let's see it. But it rolled a four plus six. I should have readied an action or something, so when he tries to beak me, I just cup his beak with the jar of honey. Yeah, let's say we let's say you do that. Well, I'm gonna scoop up as many feathers as I possibly can into my boundless pockets, right? And then I'd like to do my movement, hopping out of the nest and just like running down the hill. Okay, so Toby winds up teleporting Manny out of there. Yes. Okay, and then the dive bombing Griffin is going to wind up swiping down on Thad, who has his shield out and has taken the dodge action. So the first swipe of the claws is going to be a total of 14. Does that hit Thad? Hell no. And then the second swipe of the claws is going to be an 8. So that's definitely not going to hit. That one does. And now that it has finally dive-bombed the wall, the wall... Dixon, are you going to let loose your witch bolt? 
Eh, I don't really feel like it. Uh, yes, I'm going to witch bolt the shit out of this thing. So, in this case, the spell just fails, and you try to witch bolt this griffin. Damn it. So the griffin from the nest is going to get one more chance to attack Manny and uh, Milo. In this case, the griffin is going to go after Manny, who is closer. Okay, and then the second roll was an 18. Does that hit? Barely, but still, <laughs> yeah. Okay. How close is Manny to me while he is getting absolutely savaged? <laughs> um, he would be... Oh, I guess he'd be right next to you. I would like to use my reaction to intercept and reduce it by 1d10 plus my proficiency. Uh, you guys did get away from the griffins, though. You get under the tree line, uh, where, and all of a sudden you come, like, face-to-face with Dixon, who's still hiding in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you guys leave the trees and, uh, start heading back with your, with your feathers. Congratulations, you successfully gathered some griffin feathers. <laughs> they just casually walk home. <laughs> my plan worked perfectly. <laughs> okay. You head up the tower towards the Dean of Chromathar, whose name is Dean Doval. Oh, well, welcome back. Were, were you successful in getting the uh, the Griffin feathers? No. Yes, <laughs> um, we did. We did collect uh, some some Griffin feathers that we can use. Are you are you sick right now or something? There seems to be a bug going around the school right now. And, uh, uh, oh, I, I'm so sorry. Um, perhaps you bless should you. go speak to, uh, thank, thank there you. There are no gods to bless her. <laughs> perhaps you should go speak to Professor Kane instead, because I, I don't want to get you sick. So many students are falling ill. So you're saying they're down with, with the, the sickness, sickness. <laughs> and their bodies have hit the floor? <laughs> hey, Manny, do you by chance have a potion for the nose that uh, she could use? Could you make one real quick? Make a potion for the nose? Yes, to help out her sinuses. She seems very sick. I feel like it'd be the nice thing to do. Our our healers have not been able to cure this disease just yet. It seems to be resistant to magic or something like that. I I will talk to you later. Can you just show me the the feathers? I'll go ahead and mark your extra credit right now. Yeah, I'll just show her a pocket full of feathers. Oh my! That's, that's a lot of feathers, yes. Okay. <sighs> if our classes don't actually matter, because the only thing that matters is the final exam at the end of the year, where does this extra credit go towards? Did we not uh, clarify? Your grades will affect the bonuses that you have when you go into the final test. <laughs> I'm going to need that to start attending classes. <laughs> yeah, I thought the only reason you'd want to attend classes is so you maybe had some knowledge going in, not that... Instead of going in there with no weapons, you might go in there with... The weapon of knowledge. No, like weapons of machine guns. You head down to <laughs> Professor Kane's office, and Professor Kane is there. He has his um, telescoping monocle over his eye, and he is working on some sort of contraption on his desk. And then he quickly covers the contraption. Oh, welcome back, boys. Why did you cover it up like a weirdo when we walked in? Because it's none of your concern. If you wanted help or need a need a helping hand or another set of eyes, I'd be happy to help. How fared your trip out to get the griffin feathers? Oh, that went real well. I got lots of feathers in my pockets now. And I'm going to start just making it rain feathers like at a strip club. Good to know that you managed to get enough feathers to replenish our stores. All right, well, you got the feathers. 
Um, and I guess, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go shower up from our journey and get on, get on with our, with our days. Just please don't <laughs> mistake me for the soap again. Oh, whoa, God. whoa, whoa. Pardon? Who did that <laughs> to you? It was you, freshman year. It was not. Don't, don't lie. Don't lie to these people. <laughs> you had a phase. It's fine. And did I black out for the entire, the entirety Apparently of freshman just... year? I'm going to start spreading rumors too. <laughs> Does anybody else find it extremely odd that we leave, we're gone for what, two days and we come back and every single person's sick? Except for Fackham. He was all right. In walks Titus. Oh my God. Goodness. Ugh. So, here I am gloating on the fact that I have a superior surge. But we just fixed the school's surge. No, you didn't. That was f that was Professor Kane. No, Professor Kane asked for our help, and not yours. Let me deliver the second piece of news that I came up here to tell you about. The Pyrocross team is hereby suspended, in case you didn't notice. Fuck! <laughs> yes, there you go. Too many of the students are now sick, and until everybody gets better, there will be no pyrocross. So, eat a dick. And he leaves. I don't know what we do for the next week. <laughs> or more. Do we just spend an entire week just verbally abusing Titus? Or do we leave the school and then come back in a week? Yeah, go on like fall break. <laughs> or just leave. We got three options. We could go boo tight ass's parents with the wall being an athlete. We could go circle jerk in our dorm for a week and just pretend like people aren't sick. Both have the same impact. Correct. Or we could be cautious and figure out why everyone is sick. We could also go to the infirmary. So that's option three. Right, everybody mask up. Four. Unless to the infirmary. Or to Titus's house. Go. Not going to fucking Titus's house. That would I mean, be my way of spending this week bullying him is by winning <laughs> over his parents and dating his sister. Well, we're not doing that. Dating his sister. Dixon, I could set aside bullying Titus for now. As long as that's only temporary. You guys are trying to figure out what Manny actually means by bullying Titus and how you're going to accomplish that. Meanwhile, Milo has decided that he wants to leave the dorm room and go investigate at the infirmary. So everybody take off your headphones except for Milo. Uh, once you reach the atrium and you start leaving out towards the front doors, you see a body. Oh, shit. Lying in front of the doors. Okay. You recognize Liang. Who? It was in the scene when it was like, hey, all of your guys' like, names are up, like, written on pieces of paper with who your groups are. We pretty much shunned him immediately. <laughs> basically just bullied him first yeah. day. So also, I shunned Leong so hard, I shunned him out of my entire memory. I'm going to bring out my Toby friend. I'm going to send him over to get the other guys. I'd like to uh, perform a medicine check on said Leong. Is there any, like, injuries on him? Any burns? You do not see anything of that sort. His face is ashen. The tips of his fingers have started to yellow. And his eyes are fluttering as if he were in a terrible nightmare. So he's got jaundice. I'm guessing it looks like poison. Well, let's just go for a basic cure wounds then. It doesn't seem like anything has changed. 
but his eyelids do briefly flutter open. Help me. What happened to you? He, he has slumped back down. Ah, uh, ooh, okay. Well, then uh, let's jump to the boys who are still upstairs. Team bonding. While the coughs of your dorm mates are echoing in your ears all around you, suddenly this spirit of fire comes into the room. <laughs> well, come here, Toby. Hi, Toby. <laughs> Toby does not come to your lap. Toby comes up on its hind legs, goes down, and then uh, scutters out the door. Bye, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Toby teleports into the room. All of you need to make a, t- a saving throw. <laughs> Again, just like a normal cat. They come back and they attack you. Oh, Toby. Toby, you Toby, that kills people. <laughs> Stupid fire cat. I'll go see what he wants, I guess. Darn it, Toby. I guess we could handle this before I tell you guys the important thing I was supposed to tell you months ago, but it's fine, we'll go. Toby bites your ankle. All right, you di- I kick the cat, and I say, I'm coming, and I, I start to follow Toby. The three of you wind up getting down to the Arcthanium Atrium, just as you see Milo raise his glowing hands and then cast Lesser Restoration, and body that is laying on the tiled floor. Holy shit, Milo's killing someone. <laughs> and then Liang's eyes open. He says, Oh God, he promised he would help me. Who who promised? Professor Kane. I went down to, to meet him in the surge room and then I was attacked from behind. All I remember are needles poking me. Nice. I woke up in the surge room and I managed to stumble upstairs and then I passed out. And he collapses. I'm going to pull out one of my experimental elixirs that I have no idea really what it does and force it down his throat. I don't know if that's a good idea. He said he was talking to Professor Kane. I don't know. Professor Kane has been nothing but helpful. Or should have followed the pipes. You're on Kane's dick and he totally did it. Go look down at, at Lee and be like, you guy. He is coughing. You roll him over. And you can see blood on his lips. Oh, what was that potion? He's coughing. It's fine. Listen, if you guys are all, like, suspicious about Professor Kane, we just saw him in his office. Why don't we pick up Lee and take him to Kane's office and be like, did you do this? (laughs) All right. All right. Listen. I like that plan. It's a good plan. I I guess that's the thing we need to decide. Do we want to take him to, like, to the infirmary where he can get better? And then we're going to go get Kane. We're going to... Ask him to come with us. If he doesn't want to come with us, where we might need to use force. Okay, well, this is this plan is just getting better and better. The wall. Can you carry him? I can. Excellent. I give him a scoopy scoop. You start heading towards the infirmary, and then you burst through the doors, and inside there's a male elf and a female dwarf. You see the female dwarf look up. Oh God, another one. Another one. <laughs> Half the school is now in the infirmary. Just, uh, we found him lying in the atrium, and I slowly turned to look at Milo with squinty eyes again. I just found him unconscious and tried to save his life. Well, thank you so much for trying to save his life. Please come back with us. I'm sure that the doctor will have some questions. They wheel the gurney into one of the medical bays that's separated by curtains, and you see a young woman wearing a long white lab coat when she turns around, you hear an audible ping from the lower part of Thadward Shell. My trunk goes erect. <laughs> I'm Dean Dolalivia. 
Let's take a look at him, shall we? Based on what I'm seeing, he's not actually sick with the illness that everybody else has caught. He has just lost blood. But I can't find any wounds on him. How could he have so much blood loss with no wounds? Like, is that... Is there a typical... I guess a typical sort of injury that would cause this or like some sort of magical injury that would like make his insides bleed, you know, that sort of thing? Not at all. So you said that you cast Lesser Restoration on him. Did you happen to also cast Cure Wounds? Yes. Ah. Well, that would have closed up any puncture wounds or slashes, and uh, unfortunately now I can't determine what might have ailed him. And hidden the evidence... Just, we just brought him here to get taken care of. None of you have been showing any signs of sickness either, I hope? Not, no, nope. No, no. We actually just got back to the school today. Just keep an eye out for the sickness. It's it spread so quickly that we haven't been able to figure out how it started. One more question, Doctor. <laughs> yes. Did it hurt? <laughs> Did what hurt? <laughs> when you teleported from the celestial planes? <laughs> But I must go attend to my other patients, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> and she leaves the room. I love you. God, oh, nuts. <laughs> I just go, look, there she is again. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he like flips over a cart that's going past. <laughs> the little dwarf that was walking, it flips him over. <laughs> so actually when Thad says that and you go, ah, and you knock over a cart. No, um, <laughs> it's real. You notice that there is an oily slick on the floor near where the cart was toppled nope. over. It gets hard again. Damn it. Come <laughs> damn it, man. For- on, man. <laughs> Manny, since you're the one that knocked over the cart, you're the one closest to it. Does a 13 hit your armor class? It shouldn't, and it does not. All right. You notice that the oil has moved. I'm going to pull out one of my vials and try to... Like, scoop some of this shit up and cap that vial. The thing moves and attacks Manny and does a 16 hit your armor class. Hmm. Do I have my shield out? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yeah, why wouldn't I be carrying my shield? It's best to be prepared. Yeah, I guess uh, that is going to hit me. All right, you are going to take four bludgeoning damage. And are you wearing armor? Hmm. Um, no. (laughs) Okay. So then you're also going to take another seven damage that is acid. As you realize that this oil slick is not, in fact, an oil slick. It is an anthropomorphic gray ooze. Fine, I'm dead. I'm dead. You know, that's that's real great here. You're down already? So far. Yeah. Gonna use... Gear wounds on Manny here to get him some uh, HPs back, and then I want Toby here just to poof us out to safety. I would like to yell down, or out the door, I guess. Beautiful doctor, we need your help. (laughs) And then I would like to pull out my shield and pistol, run 15 feet up next to, or I guess in front of Ish, the rest of the party. I always forget you have a pistol on you. (laughs) And I would like to shoot this thing twice 22 damage all right total so 22 is exactly the amount that you need to kill this thing damn uh describe Uh, what these bullets do they hit it okay you start reloading your gun 
And as you're doing that, you see another one of these things drop through the grate in the ceiling. I'm going to look at the nearby cart, and I'm going to grab the cart and toss it onto on top of this blob and then go to heat metal on the cart. It's going to be 2d8 fire damage. Well, I rolled two ones. That is going to bring us to Milo. Your turn again. Okay, so we're using fire. That might work, huh? No, don't use fire. <laughs> this thing <laughs> absorbs it really well. <laughs> Let me take a stab at it, and I'm going to try to conjure here a spell called Scorching Ray. Okay, so 21, half of that. Would be 11. And then half of that is going to be 6. Oh, he is resistant. He may be resistant to fire, but is he resistant to sustained fire? And I shoot him twice. Roll that damage. 22 again. Jeez. (laughs) All right. I'd like to know if the doctors at this infirmary can heal us or if I have to try to burn another spell slot. Yeah, is this like a Nurse Joy situation from Pokemon where I can just walk up to the hot nurse and she'll just like... Bum, 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 bum. (laughs) At this point... The male elf, the female dwarf, and Dean Livia all come to the door. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, what in the blazes happened here? I... We got attacked by a slime. As Milo said, we, we were attacked by a gray ooze, and that was the hero this time around. He, he was able to (laughs) defeat them both. Derek, Meredith, get get these patients out of here. We need to clear the room. Dean Livia comes over and she says, did any of these things hurt our patient? Because the oozes are <laughs> did fall close to Leong. Not our patient, but it KO'd this elephant. <laughs> hey, Milo, you <laughs> Here are some healing potions, and if that's all you need, then... Perhaps it would be best if you head back to your dorms for today and, um, I don't know, just see if you can wait out this sickness. Strange things have been happening at the school, and this is just yet another thing to keep an eye out for. I think it would be best if I get Leong to safer quarters and see to my other patients. Good day, gentlemen. <laughs> 